the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, Pastor, doesn't science disprove the Bible? Isn't Genesis just a fairy tale? Is God for real? Did he really create everything in six literal days? Didn't God just use the Big Bang? Why is there death and suffering? Did really believe the Bible? Didn't man evolve from apes? For answers to these questions and more, stand by for Believing the Bible. Grandpa, Grandpa, guess what? My teacher said that science and the Bible are two separate things. We can't discuss them together because she said there is no science in the Bible. Is that true? While it is true that the Bible is not a science textbook, it does have a lot of scientific information in it. And remember, science books used to say the tongue has special areas that can only taste certain stuff. But that was wrong. But the Bible has never been proven wrong. So what kind of science stuff is in the Bible? Well, why don't you read some passages about the earth? Let's start with Isaiah chapter 40, verse 22. It is he who sits above their circle of earth. Right there, God is telling us that the earth is a circle or a sphere. So ancient man knew that the earth was round thousands of years ago. Now, read from Isaiah chapter 51, verse 6. For the heavens shall vanish away like smoke, and the earth shall wax old like garment. That is a description of the second law of thermodynamics. Everything is winding down. And this was at a time when the prevailing scientific idea was that the universe was eternal. But God's word tells it like it is. Now here's one more. Job chapter 26, verse 7. He hangs the earth on nothing. Here, God reveals that the earth is not attached to anything or anybody, but is floating in space. This is far different than many of the prevailing ideas, which included stories of the earth riding on the back of a turtle. And these are just a few of the passages about the earth itself. Whatever the Bible says about scientific ideas is always right. And that's a fact. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reid, Dr. Carl Williams, and our producer Ed Salzadel, all directors at the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Is there science in the Bible? Of course, the mantra of a lot of people is that science is science, Bible is Bible, and never the two shall meet. But if God is the creator of all, yes, the Bible was not written as a science textbook, but do we expect that when it does just to mention science, that it'll be 100% accurate. It should be, because it was written by the Creator. It's excellent that Prompt today talked about the second law of thermodynamics, talked about ancient man's ideas about the Earth being round, and especially about the Earth floating in space. That's one they could not have gotten any idea about unless they had inside information from the Creator. But that's just three examples out of a couple of hundred in the Bible, where the Bible reveals science knowledge thousands of years ahead of its time. We've got a a number of examples we're going to look at today. Terry, you've got Genesis 17:12. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised, including those born in your household. 
or bought with many from a foreigner, those who are not your offering. Now, a lot of people will listen to verses like this, and there's no science in there. Did you catch something? Well, they know the right time to do a circumcision. On the eighth day, mm -hmm. the liver in a baby starts producing vitamin K between the fifth and seventh day and meets its maximum production of vitamin K on the eighth day. On that eighth day, it's producing its maximum amount of thombrin and prothombrin from vitamin K, which are two of the chemicals used in the 12-step coagulation process. So if you're going to do a circumcision on a baby, when should you do it? Uh, After the eighth, eighth day. Eight. How did the Bible get that one exactly right? We won't discover any of that about blood coagulation for 3,500 years. Ed, I believe you've got one on Psalms 139.16. says, Thine eyes did my substance, yet being unperfect, and in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, whereas yet there was none of them. All my members were written. Folks, what could that talk about? Uh, DNA, genetic instruction. It could talk about a knowledge of DNA, and, and Psalms was written about 3,000 years ago, about 2,900 years ago actually. And it's from conception. And it's from conception. But again, the point is knowledge of DNA. Over and over again in the Bible, it talks about everything was made according to its kind, which figures into biogenesis. Life comes from life. Question, is that a fairly verifiable observation in science, that life always comes from life? It's a law, I believe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a law. And yet evolution assumes that what? Life came from non-life. Something that has never been observed. The Bible talks about what can be observed in science. Evolution talks in science fiction. Terry, what about in Genesis 3.15? And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, but thou shalt bruise his heel. Now, most people would skip over that and never see science. But the woman's seed, at this point, and for a couple of thousand years after this point, after 1500 B.C., it will be the idea of those who know that it is only the man's seed which is planted in a woman. They know nothing about genetics. They know nothing about the woman's half of the 23 chromosomes that are donated. And so it's the belief that the man's seed, just like a plant seed, grows within the woman's womb, and the woman is nothing more than a incubator for the man's seed. This scripture right here alludes to a knowledge of the genetics donated by the woman's egg that will not be discovered until the 19th and 20th century. Carl, do you have anything on Genesis 3.20? And Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And that can be shown to look at there be a mitochondrial Eve. A lot of the scientific literature now they look at the mitochondria, which are basically just passed down from the woman. In other words, all mitochondrial DNA, all mitochondria, come from the female, not the male, because uh, they're in the, in the egg and not the sperm. So the studies show that it goes back to being just one original female. If you look at the mutation rates on the mitochondria and on the different variations and so forth, they, they look backwards and try to, to see how many different lines of human beings were there. And when they look at mitochondria, there's only one. So that would point to a solitary woman as being the progenitor for all of us. Fascinatingly, when that was first discovered decades ago, they called that the Eve syndrome, pointing back to an original single human. Running from that, the secularists will no longer call that the Eve syndrome because it gives credence to the Bible. One more step in that is there are three minor variations in mitochondrial DNA, DNA which is only handed down from the mother to the offspring, not the father. There's no donation from the father. Why would it be interesting that there are three small variations or classes of mitochondrial DNA? Because... Him, Japheth, and 
because the wives of Noah's okay. sons restarted the whole human race. It's perfectly in line with the Bible. You're listening to Believing the Bible. This is Scott Lane with Terry Reed and Dr. Carl Williams. If you would like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That is S-A-B-B-S-A.org. Terry, what do you got in 1 Corinthians 15.45? So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being, the last Adam, a life-giving spirit. Secularists or evolutionists will tell us that there were groups of eight, maybe five or six strains that became humans. But the Bible says it was a first man. Interestingly, we find Y chromosome data that just like the mitochondrial data points to that there was one original man, one original Adam. And again, we're getting this out of hard science. Carl, what have you got? So Job 28, 25, to make the weight for the winds. So at that point, most people probably believe that the air had no mass or had no weight. But we know that look at sea level, the column of air that's resting upon all of us, the air pressure, if you will, is about 14 and a half pounds per square inch. So yes, the Bible knew about the air having mass or having weight before anyone at that time would would have thought of that. Several thousand years before man figured that one out. That's a true statement. Terry, what do you got? Psalm 148, 5 and 6. Let them praise the name of the Lord, for at his command they were all created, and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. That is one of just several verses in the Bible that says God created it and they will stay there forever. That's a restatement of what? They reproduce after their own kind. Not only of biogenesis, but also a restatement of the first law of thermodynamics. The first law of thermodynamics says that matter is neither created nor destroyed by normal chemical means. What is there will be there forever in one form or another. And the Bible in place after place reiterates that. Carl, what do you got? Well, Genesis 7, 10, and 11. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, and the 17th day of the month, the same day were all the fountains of the great deep broken up, and the windows of heaven were opened. Now, talks about fountains of the deep, which could be a description of volcanic activity. And if we look at the floors of the oceans, we see scars of tectonic plates that were essentially broken up by volcanic activity. So this could have been the fountains of the deep that caused the outpouring of the water or raising of the water level to cause the worldwide flood of Noah's day. Very recently, that what was discovered is that there's an extremely large pool of water off the east coast that was discovered within the last couple of months. Supposed to be of extremely large size. What we have found through echo soundings is that about 400 miles down in the earth is three and a half times more water trapped in rock under the earth than is in all of our oceans. A lot of water. A lot of water, and could that be exactly what they were talking about with the fountains of the deep? Again, this is substantiation for the Bible. What were your findings with the ability of science with the Bible, Terry? You can't even do science unless you have a universe that's governed by laws and those laws have to remain constant. Gravity has to work the same way today that it worked yesterday and it has to work the same way tomorrow. About uh, probably at least 3,000 years ago and Job, when God is questioning Job, and the point is God knows more than Job does, he asked the question, do you know the law of the universe, can you use them to regulate the earth? So that tells us, God is telling us that the universe is governed by laws and in Jeremiah 33, 25 which is maybe 25, 2600 years ago, it says but this is what the Lord says, I would no more reject my people than I would change my laws that govern night and day 
earth, and sky. So this is telling us that the laws of the universe will remain constant. So the Bible tells us the universe is governed by laws and the laws of the universe will remain constant. So we have a biblical basis for knowing that we can do science. And that's what we found in observation. And so we do find science in the Bible. We recommend that you check out Terry Reed's book on his website at Why Should You Believe? You can get access to a whole range of Dr. Carl Williams' books on Christian historical fiction on Amazon.com. And we also recommend Scott Lane's new book, What If God Wrote the Bible, which is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere else. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Sabsa meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones-Maltzberger in Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to the show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane, and for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzville. Thanks for listening, and we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.